This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Well may we say, God save the Queen, because nothing will save the Governor-General. You know I've searched my heart to prove There's better ways to push and pull Hey, whatever gets you through these days Hello and welcome to Well May We Say, a progressive podcast about Australian politics. This is episode 96 for Sunday, 16th of June, 2019. I'm Jeremy Sear, and each week I'll be joined by a different guest host to help me discuss what's just been happening to our country, what's likely to happen, and hopefully what we can do about it. This week's guest host is returning guest host, returning from far in the future. It's Denise Pierco. Welcome back. My time travel machine worked. Uh, why did you come back to here and not, like, before the election? And I suppose, is there anything that we could have done differently? Obviously not. No, well, it didn't work, whatever we tried. Look, there's a couple of things this week that I guess we, we should talk about. And I suppose, let's look, let's let's get straight into it. So the first thing that's coming up is, of course, the Libs have scraped back into Parliament. So naturally, the first thing that has to happen is more tax cuts for rich people. Unfortunately, the ALP has, of course, ceded the entire argument to the Libs by saying, you know, tax cuts are good. We just, you know, we're, we're a bit iffy about giving them to the really, really rich people. Yeah, you can just give tax cuts to... People who are well above the median wage. Yeah, people who are to a certain level of richness. And, look, the the wisdom that's being put, the conventional wisdom, according to the Australian political class, is that the second stage of these tax cuts, which Labor supports, are important. The public will be angry if they are denied. And so it's come down to this brinkmanship over whether or not they can be detached from the Libs planning on giving even more tax cuts to the very rich. So... The third stage that the Libs are trying to tie to the second stage will cost $33 billion, and $23 billion of that goes to people on incomes of above, uh, over 200000 So, like, well well, into, well above the, the top 10%, it's like from 110 up. This is, like, well into the smallest percentage of oh. top income owners. Now, the Libs, this is, this is this ridiculous... The idea that they can get away with this is staggering to me. They are saying to the public, well, we'd like to give you these tax cuts, but Labor won't vote for the other ones for richer people than you. So I suppose, you know, we couldn't separate them out. So we have to, you just have to miss out. It's all Labor's fault. Well, they have a mandate. <laughs> Their one vote mandate means that Labor should drop everything that they stood for in the election and just vote for everything that the coalition stood for in the election. Yeah, no, that's that's how democracy works. That's why we have a parliament. The, the mm. idea of parliament is that if somebody has a, has a majority in the parliament, then every other party has to vote with them. Yes. <laughs> That's why we have, it makes perfect sense. The, the idea that Labor, like, even... So it's idiotic that Labor is has endorsed the neoliberal framing of this, that, that tax cuts are a positive, uh, and that in, a, in the case where we don't have a... We can't seem to afford dental care to be on Medicare. Um, no. They won't, they, can't, they won't even agree to increasing new stuff beyond $40 a day. Like, in the, in the, where people are genuinely suffering, oh. where people are, you know... <laughs> The, where the poor are really being screwed, and we're going to give these this, what was it, like 150 billion dollars or total, and it, 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 huge amount. Well, I think it's like 210 or something billion dollars or something plus the 57 of the um, billion of the franking credit stuff. The, where they got the 387 yeah. billion from? Most of that is these tax cuts. But okay, ignoring that Labor's ceded this framing, which is unbelievably harmful and stupid. Yes. 
But if they can't, even where they are on this argument, be hammering every day, we're offering you these tax cuts. The libs are refusing to do it unless they got these other get these other ones. Mm. We're offering you these tax cuts. The libs are refusing to do it unless they, you get and there's people on two hundred or more get this extra one. We're offering like why is Labor not out there? If, if if that's their policy position, if they've decided that they're going to endorse tax cuts and argue for tax cuts, why aren't they on the front bloody foot out there shouting? We will give them to you. It's the government who's blocking them. Yep. We will give them to you. The government who's blocking them because the government's going to come in in July and put the whole thing together in one giant package and say. No, vote for the whole lot or not at all. And then they'll say Labor blocked your tax cuts. Yeah. We know that, but it's dumb. Like the political risk for the government should be Labor calling them on it and getting some traction. And the only way Labor's going to get traction on it is to be arguing it relentlessly. We're offering you the tax cuts. We'll vote for the tax cuts. We've said we'll vote for the tax cuts. Yeah. We're not going to vote for any other thing the Libs want to shove on there. We vote for those tax cuts. We vote those tax cuts. Like what's the Libs counter argument to that? Why do they have to be linked? They don't. They only have to be linked because nobody's going to vote for them. They, they, what they want to sell is politically unpalatable. Yes. And nobody's going to support. The public don't support those. It's- and if they back down, then they piss off a lot of people who are the big backers of their party, the people who give them a lot of money and who support them. Yeah, but I don't think that. I don't think that's even what's in their mind. I don't think they. I don't. I don't think they need to be thinking of keeping their donors happy on that stuff. I think that fundamentally, they're rich people who want more money for rich people. And that's why they joined the Liberal Party in the first place. Like that is fundamentally the only thing that joins all the liberals together. You know, the the, the supposedly socially progressive liberals who don't re- who aren't really along with the conservative liberals. Like the one thing that they agree on is rich people should have more mm. money and not have to support public services. That's the, their one guiding political principle that, that takes them through politics. This visceral hatred of the idea of public services and the poor getting stuff. Mm. It's the thing that unites them. It's an unfortunate thing. Like, could you imagine being united by that thing, by that being the thing that pulls you together? Well, I'm not a cartoonish supervillain, so no. I, I, no, I, I can imagine it, and I, I know how it happens. You start off in an extreme b- where you have privilege. Excuse me? Oh, sorry, I should have given a warning. Our, our children are, are, are in bed, but yes, your children might not be. I'm sorry. I, I should not have casually used the B word. Uh, what I will actually do is censor that out in the, when, I, when I edit it. There'll be a beep over it. So it's all right. I, I have protected you from the B word. Um, I've got to do it twice. Thanks. Anyway... No, no, I get it. Like, if you if you start off with privilege, um, it, human nature doesn't want to accept that that these that that's, that you've already had it better than other people because yeah. you'll, people think are conscious of their own struggles, so that they don't yes. like to think that they're already. And just because you have privilege doesn't mean you have it easy. No, just comparatively to the people who don't have that privilege. Exactly. Yeah, um, people don't like accepting you it, would... so you go and you, you double down on it, and then and then the other thing that happens is you go to get your first paycheck. And you're like, I'm going to have all this money. This is this is, my, this is what my hourly rate is. I've added it all up. And then they then tax comes out. And there's a, a huge proportion of humanity that's just like, but that was my money. It got taken from me and given to other people. And, and you want to think they're bad and don't deserve it because then you can justify being angry about it. And meanwhile, they don't think of the time they went to the hospital and they got care and they didn't have to pay for it. They don't think of Mommy all Mummy and Daddy had things. private health. Oh. I went to a private school. I didn't use those things. But Why not, should I pay for them? It's, it's not just that that's... I think that's uh, that's unfair, Jeremy, because I don't think it's just privileged people who actually who have that reaction when they see their paycheck and see how much tax has come out of it. I think a lot of people have that reaction, no matter how much tax comes out of it. And people 
do think this is my money, I worked hard for it, and they don't think, because we don't sell the idea that taxes are good, that taxes actually help the economy, that they help everyone in the economy, and they help build a safety net for us. No, the public um, service is a safety yeah. net, a fundamental part of living in this life. Exactly. It, it, it's and, but I think, I think because we don't sell, sell that, everyone, from people making the smallest paycheck to people making the biggest, have... Not everyone. People do understand that, but most everyone has that reaction. So I think it's unfair to say that it's just privileged people who have that reaction. I think that a lot. Oh, no, I think it's wider than that. I think there's a large part of that. That's right. There, are, I agree with you that there are a lot of people who actually benefit from the public services who are also able to, at the tax time, be sold, be sold the idea that they're funding stuff that they don't get, which is hence all of the stuff about refugees coming here and taking your money. And the way they have to hammer and dole bludge, they have to hammer the undeserving poor to sell it to the people who are barely making, scraping through. And when you get your tax, have you know, like they deliberately give you that thing, this breakdown that tries to say, you, this much of your money has gone to welfare. And really a lot of the majority of that portion is the pension. Yeah, the old age pension. Yeah. And, but they make it sound, because when you say welfare, people think of unemployment. They think mm. of New Start. So, but they make it sound like a huge amount's going to the, and then they, then the newspaper, the metal papers will be like, the tabloids will be like, doll bludgers are taking all your money. And you look at how much money is going to welfare, and you're like, God, why is that going to those, all those? Mm. And you get angry about it. And, and you don't look at the bit that where it breaks down welfare, and you're like, the tiny, the amount that goes to New Start is tiny, tiny. and decreasing. Yeah. Like, it's a- a- appalling. Um, but yeah, no, no. I very much understand how people get trained to think that that their taxes are an unfair okay. impost on them. Um, it's just, it's just that a progressive party. That's what you need—the big progressive party that has the big soapbox to be arguing against. If the Labor Party won't do it, the Greens do it, but they don't. The media ignore them. The Labor Party is the only large political organization that can actually run that argument. That's what they're for. Like, what is the point of a political party if it's not even going to argue for the principles that it supposedly stands for? Mm. And most infuriatingly of all, it's completely futile. Like, it's not like the ALP conceding the ground on tax will stop the Libs running stupid scare campaigns that the ALP is going to tax you to death. Death taxes, retirement taxes. Mm. Um, and anything they can think of. Housing taxes, they'll tax the family home. They'll tax you out of your family home. It's the bill you can't afford as the election campaign ran before the yeah. election. And I understand that the ALP is slow at learning things. They, they, they're not... It takes them a while to grasp that when things aren't working. But the fact that it hasn't occurred to them that this doesn't work after, what, 40 years at least of Mm. this bullshit from the libs, Alan Jones went on to Ando's Brush With Fame program this week. So in the late 1970s, after failing to win uh, various seats that he tried running for, uh, for the Liberal Party, Alan Jones was recruited as a speechwriter for Malcolm Fraser, as who was then Prime Minister. So this is 1979. Uh, so he was there uh, from 1979 to 1981. So he was speaking to Ando this week about how the Libs came up with their various campaign ideas when he was around. And uh, I'm going to play you the audio of this and the shamelessness with which the Libs will push a Labour will tax you to death no matter what Labour actually puts up. Irrespect, it's got nothing to do with what policies are there. That's just their line. They will always push it. They have been pushing it, you know, for at least this 40 years. It doesn't matter what Labour does. If you don't believe me, listen to this. Uh, the polls tell us that the ALP is ahead. I, um, you think that you're... Well, I suppose I, t- <laughs> I shouldn't tell this story, but we were behind and he found out about the polls. Mm. Diabolical. We went straight to the advertising agency. There was a great big screen and it had all 
these houses written right across it in red, taxed, 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 taxed. So what's this, Malcolm said to the people? Well, basically, you know, it's labour taxing the family home. Uh, said to one of his advisers, what do you think? And this person said, oh, Prime Minister, um, I don't think that's what the Labor Party is saying. That's not quite truthful, eh? Mm. Alan, what do you think? Well, I said, Prime Minister, it's a bit late in the day to be worried about niceties. I'd be running with the campaign. Labor's new taxes. Where else would they get the money for all their promises? Lead on, Liberal. It's everywhere. Tax. Back of money. Ads everywhere. Taxing the family home. Going all across Australia. Yeah, Pardon the language. Said, Jesus, are they going to tax... This other lot going to tax the family home? <laughs> the polls swung and Malcolm Fraser won the wow. election. It's wow. a touch dishonest, don't you think? <laughs> but, Goodness. you know, at the end of the day, you're not telling people how to vote. They, they've got to make their own mind up as to whether that is the truth or not. I find it quite galling that he refers to running an election campaign based on lies versus the truth as niceties. Oh no, those are just the niceties. We don't really have time for them. And that it's up to people to determine if it's the truth or not. Like we're going to sell yeah. it in the media and on our adverts. And, and if they gonna... fall for it, that's their own fault. It's wow. a touch dishonest, don't you think? What a pack of gullible idiots. Oh, those are just the niceties. That, that whole, and then Hamill laughing at it. Like... The shamelessness. I, I assume that the liberal advisor was like, but that's not true. I assume that his body was never been found. Like, no, probably not. What was he doing in the Liberal Party? That's, can you, but like, ha, and the fact that Alan Jones thinks that that's a funny, like, who's still a current political operator. Mm. Um, and he's like, well, I probably shouldn't tell you this story. No, Alan, you probably shouldn't have. But that they actually, like, this is what they think. It's a game. It's a game to them, an evil game about power. It's got nothing to do with principle. They don't give a shit about whether they're campaigning on something no. that's true or not. Um, and and yeah. I think it's continued and it shows it continues. Like it, it's how Alan Jones operates today as well. It's he how the liberals operate today. The yeah. everything is a tax thing. Family. <laughs> is what they just won the election on. Yeah. It is exactly the same argument. Even though, even though everything says that they don't have the money to pay for their programs. So, you know, KPMG came out the week after the election and said that they don't have the money to pay to continue paying for these franking credits that they're paying for. You know, so they're going to have to cut more services and do things. Well, in their heads, they think of franking credits as uh, not a tax at all. They think it's just as a not collecting a tax that should never be collected. Because why, why should we... If a, if a company's paid tax, why should why should that money not go back to their shareholders? Like, as if that's what tax is for. Anyway, um, yeah, so my point to Labor would be, it doesn't... You might as well stand for something. It doesn't matter if you... Try, if you see the Liberals' line and you're like... No, but, but we're actually endorsing their tax cuts. And, and we, we're not actually... Even if you go the whole hog, which you're now threatening to do, which would basically just do the Kevin Rudd thing of not actually... Um, you know, just be, I'm an economic conservative and, and there's no daylight between me and the libs. Mm. Um, which didn't work for Kevin. Okay, he got in and then fell apart because you couldn't... You can't do that and then run the country in you know even vaguely progressive way. Yeah. No, you can't. But Labor is not going to... You're not... It doesn't stop them screaming that you're taxing everything. Family. <laughs> like, as the death tax thing happened, the inher- you weren't even proposing an inheritance tax. No. I mean, the Greens were talking about an inheritance tax on, on estates of above $10 million. Yeah. And that's twisted into the death tax thing. It's going to come out of your family home. The libs will always scream that anything Labor does is going to come out of the family home. The only way to combat that is to 
call them on it immediately. Just say, the Libs call everything a tax. Yeah. The, we're, we're not going to jump through that. Um, taxes are, they collect taxes too. In fact, Howard was one of the highest taxing governments. Uh, their great hero, Howard, is a high taxing government. It's just that mm. they didn't spend it on public services. They spend it on benefits for their own mates. Yes. But we're the... But that's we, Okay. We it's, will provide you services. Can, you can do that if you do spend the money on rich people rather than spend the money on, you know, the social safety net and public services. And it is astonishing how much money they collect in taxes and then um, still can't fund any, uh, can't fund Newstart properly, can't fund. Yeah. How, how is it that we're looking at giving back um, tax money to rich people on the basis that, uh, you know, when we can't even cover dental care? Well, it's interesting because the uh, Productivity Commission has come out this week and said that what the federal government's been doing, for example, with farmers and farmers' incentives is actually really dangerous. Well, I mean, the $33 billion is more than they spend on the PBS. The money that they're going to give, that extra bit that's just going in the, tra- the third tranche is just going, it is more than they spend on the, on the pharmaceutical benefits scheme. They, like, these things, this thing that they, they mm. scream is, is one of the things that they, that they believe in, which is not, it's just they were hunting around for something that they hadn't slashed and it was still there. Yeah. Yeah, that Alan Jones clip. I shouldn't tell this story. Don't forget it. Um, remember that it's this episode where we've where we've played it to you, and that it's it's there. Like th- this is a should be anybody who votes liberal um, and who buys those tax lines. Anybody who spouts it at you at a barbecue is like, oh, but Labor's always taxing you. Like, did you get that from the liberal ads where like they admit that they're just lies? Mm. Here, let me play you this bit of Alan Jones boasting about how they just... They don't give a shit. It's a touch dishonest, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I feel that Labor taxes me more. No, they don't. I don't think that's what the Labor Party is saying. That's not quite truthful, eh? But you don't feel right. You're just basing that on the... They they spend this huge amount of money on advertisements telling you that. Well, I said, Prime Minister, it's a bit late in the day to be worried about niceties. I'd be running with the campaign. Despite it being a lie. They know it's a lie. They think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't the first time Alan Jones has told that story. He he will have happily been dining out amongst his mates on it, Liberal yeah, Party people for years. Like that, they will have been thinking, that's not the, that was not a story that he was just remembering after forty years for the first time talking there. It was just that he was talking about it. he felt comfortable. They're feeling all smug at the moment because they got through again. They're finding they're feeling untouchable. He's just like you know what? Yeah, I'll tell this story. What are they going to do to me? I'd be pervious to harm. Well, and it's really interesting because they do definitely sell lies. I was um. Uh, Greg Jericho just this past day has had a really good analysis of the last budget that the Liberals did before the, the election, election. Yeah. and how, you know, it's not a budget that they really intended to pass and that all the figures they were basing it off of are wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, I- like in- unemployment's higher than it was, like, and these things are all trending up and now they're kind of stuck with this thing and, and how are they going to do it? Are they going to somehow... Is that why they're putting it all together? Because they can't... If they just put stage two in and Labor votes for it, then they're still stuck with the devastating consequences of what they've done. Mm. Whereas if they link them together so Labor doesn't vote for it and then it goes down, then they turn around and scream. And as the you know economics get worse, as the economy sinks further, yeah. then they turn around and say, well, that's because Labor wouldn't vote for our tax cuts. Even though the only part that Labor was opposed to is the stuff that doesn't start till like 2024 and they were offering to vote for this stuff. Yeah. Will they? Will that be enough? Not in, in, a, in a reliable... Um, trustworthy, uh, credible media that actually does actual journalism and calls out bullshit, that wouldn't work. But in the, with the Australian media, is that enough to give the Liberal voters enough of a, no, oh, the economy's only bad because Labor voted against the tax cuts, like, mm. and not think about it any further? Is that enough to give them a shield? Is that what they're thinking? 
I hope it is. I, th- I think it has to be. I think they... You hope it is? No, sorry, I don't hope it is, <laughs> but I think it has to be. I think they have to be thinking that they're a bit screwed, and the only way they can do this is to hold fast to this idea. No one has to come through all this time. We have this mandate, and that way they can lay the blame at Labour's door. And they need when... Labour to vote against yeah. something, and then they can blame Labour for the yeah. whole schmuzzle. Absolutely. And when the uh, economy continues to do its downturn that it's doing and, and unemployment continues to rise, they can sit there and go, oh, we tried to give people stimulus that they could then spend and Labour wouldn't vote for it. And what Labour would then actually need to do is jump up and down and say, we were saying from day one that we would absolutely vote for that stimulus for the average person, but we wouldn't screw the budget of course into they the won't. future. <laughs> of course, they won't, Labour, Labour won't run that. In or they won't, and if they try, they won't get the coverage to do it. Look, Which is I'm, why they need to be doing it now, before it happens. Labour needs to be... It needs to be the one message, given that they've decided that they're going to endorse these horrible tax cuts and they're not going to argue against taking more revenue out of the the budget, which is what they should be doing. But okay, if they're not going to do that, then screw this John Secker stuff. They can just say, look, that's an irrelevant... We will mention the John Secker stuff in a second because apparently we've decided this is is the the story to smother everything else for this week. Um, But instead, Labor should just be coming out and going, um, we're dealing with that. More fundamentally, we're offering we're offering you these tax cuts. We're going to vote for these tax cuts. We've said we'll vote for the tax cuts, but we're not going to vote for any other shit that the Libs stick onto it. Just have that be the thing you say over and over and over again so that anybody who sees Anthony Albanese, like they don't have any other audio of him. This is him saying, uh-huh. we're offering you the tax cuts, just not with the, any additional crap the Libs want to attach to it. Offering you the tax cuts without any additional crap. Get that message through and the Libs can't do this. If you don't do that, they will. We know they will. That's it. I predict to you that, you know, later this year, as the economy falls to shit, the Libs will be turning around and saying, Labor didn't vote for our tax cuts, that's why. Mm. And they will be getting a free pass on it, and that will be the public conscious understanding of it. If the Labor Party doesn't turn around and do what we suggest they do right now, that is exactly what's going to happen. Does anybody have any doubt? I'm kind of wondering how we get jobs as Labor advisors. We'd have to vote for the Labor Party. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so maybe not going to happen. All right, so the John Secker stuff. I gather he is pleading guilty to the, um, or he's told the court that he's pleading guilty to uh, using carriage service to harass a woman. He denies having said the remarks about Rosie Batty, but the thing he's pleading guilty to should be enough to disqualify him from being the leader of a union associated with the ALP. And I mean, that should happen, and yeah. that needs to be processed. The thing that gets me about this um, is the Libs seizing on this as if uh, it's representative of. Unions in general, because it's because they're trying to run this as there's lot, the what's the Scott Morrison quote is like oh there's there's many other thugs in the in, yeah in the unions. labor's calling out this thug in the union but there's many others in the pocket of labor and labor in the pocket of their pocket and yeah and we're going to use this to the ICT needs to be doing a much better job of pushing out the message that, that they have that which is that the average unionist now is a, a nurse or teacher a woman in her forties that's the average unionist it's not a this image that we're constantly given by the the tabloids of of uh, sort of hard-headed um, mm. yellow vest wearing, uh, you know, um, heavy, you know, large bloke who's who's a bit of a thug, is as propaganda. It's no more true than any other um, bullshit propaganda stereotypes from history, and it's um, really harmful to. I mean, we workers need unions to push back against employers, yeah. and employers being able to use shonky um, this stereotype. Um, and the AOP is not calling back on it. Like I didn't, I haven't seen any, or certainly not any of the bits that are getting played on the on the um, in the news media. You, you don't see Albo saying, um, you know, saying that the average unionist is a forty year old um, 
female nurse. You know, the idea that the libs are going to be able to try and use John Setka as a means to actually attack other unionists. So, like... They're saying, oh, no, we, the, the remarks about women are unacceptable, so we're going to use them to attack working women. Yes, exactly. Um, and the teachers' union has come out against this, has come out uh, against that because saying he should resign as well. Um, apparently the Australian Workers' Union has come out this morning and said the same thing. Um, they're not, their national secretary. Like, everyone is calling for him to step down, and they're calling for him to step down based on the charges that he's said he's going to plead guilty to. Um and then they say in combination with, you know, a number of other things, whether or not he's saying a combination of things. He's saying, A, that the, what he said about Rosie Batty, that was completely well, allegedly. true. Allegedly untrue. Oh, no, he's saying that it was completely untrue, but he's also said that it was misconstrued. It was taken out of context. Right. I'm like, what kind of context does it have to be that that's okay? Like, I, I can't imagine. Anyway. I, don't, I don't know what the precise, I don't know what his version of that is. But anyway, the, the fact that he's pleading guilty is enough that he, to, to that offence. Yes. Up until... Up until that point, benefit of the doubt, yeah. I suppose. But it's clearly that's not going to be sufficient. Clearly, clearly, he's a person who should go. Yeah. But the idea that he can then, that that's then going to be used to actually harm other working people is absurd. But of it course, is. that's how the libs work. Like they yeah. don't. The, the fact that everybody on the progressive side of politics is um, has turned around and said it's unacceptable, and, and and nobody's backing him with it. No. But the but the libs turning around and being like this should be the main issue and this should this what what um Dutton um being interviewed uh, for the few seconds that I could stand of Dutton being interviewed by a double crab on insiders yeah. this morning, um he he's like he's asked about the um AFP raids uh and and the the AFP investigation into a potential leak that benefited him being shut down and he's like oh okay. that's that's up to them and uh, as if they're Complete, at, as if they're completely independent it's completely <laughs> this, this, independent it would have been completely independent under Labor it was completely independent under the Liberals yes the the, the when I, where I've combined all of the security forces under my own control like they're completely dependent on me but he immediately was like oh no the Labor wants to talk about that but instead of they'll talk about anything except John Setka to be fair. I spend most of my day talking about anything but John Secker. In fact, I spent most of my life talking about anything but John Secker because you know, John Secker is a minor part of the fact that it's the leading story. In, 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 in is absurd. There are so many things that affect people more than John Bloody Secker. I'm the member of my union, and I have never once in my entire time as being a union member or speaking with any other union members ever mentioned John Secker. Weird. We, we don't belong to that union, I will say, but I'm just, but even still, well, it's, he's, it's just you know. typical of your attitude of making excuses for his disturbing behavior. Yeah. You're constantly not talking about this person that's just not fundamentally part of everybody's life generally. I, it's weird. He's, it's so weird. He's, he's involved, it should be dealt with, but it's not the overall issue for the country. No. What are you talking I mean, if, if the um, ALP was standing up there and saying he's, um, that, that doing what he was, he was pleading guilty to was fine, yes, that would be an that issue would be indicting an issue. the ALP, but they're not. So. Yeah. Like, it's not like the libs go, oh, well, um, you know, a corporate person's been found doing something shonky and ripping off workers again. Oh, well, I, I guess, you know, it's time to shut down our support for all the employer lobby. Like, what? It's, that's not how it works. It would be fairly absurd if the libs were able to somehow uh, jump from a, a male you just being a misogynist doing something hostile to women uh-huh. um, as if that weren't actually the case with men throughout every industry and so yes. forth, the thing that needs to be shut down. But it's as if it's just, in this particular case, it's reflective of the whole industry and therefore uh, we can move that into new laws to make it even worse for uh, workers, mm. uh, particularly with the average unionist being a, a female worker. Yes.
that's beyond absurd, but I haven't seen any media calling that out. And I haven't seen the ALP calling it out. I mean, the ALP should be doing that straight away. The whole sector yes. thing should be like, um, that behavior is unacceptable, but we stand with working women. Yeah. We stand with working women and... We the, stand with unions, we stand with workers. And the idea that the Libs are going to try and use dodgy behavior by a bloke to attack working women. Yeah. So look, it was pretty disingenuous of Dutton to use the um, sector stuff as a an excuse on insiders to be like, well, I don't have to talk about those things that I'm in control of. Uh, why don't we talk about John Secker? Um, the other thing he did on insiders, and I did turn it off after like a minute because I just could not. I just have a very low listening to Dutton spout bullshit and not be called on it um, threshold. Call me crazy. And uh, Animal Crab was not calling bullshit on it, so no thanks. Yep. But apparently he ha- he is making bullshit claims about the Medivac legislation. He claimed that the legislation creates, quote, quite a broad power uh, to override the minister and order medical transfers. Now, that's not true. The legislation, uh, just to be very clear, left the minister full discretion to refuse on things like security grounds. Absolutely, it did. But if the minister refused on medical grounds, then there was a panel that would be able to assess whether that was based on anything or not. So... And again, it wasn't just like one doctor had to come in and say, this needs to be done. There's a panel who would assess it. Yeah. And so a qualified medical panel of people assessing it. And Dutton was trying to, and the Libs the whole way through this have been trying to have it both ways. They're like, well, we might need to stop these people coming here for security reasons. Then you'd be able to refuse them because the bill doesn't stop you doing that. But it would let them come through for medical reasons. Well, if you had security reasons, you could say, you could still refuse them. Like, it's not. Like, they're just shameless bullshit ass. It was. And then he comes out and he says, apparently, I understand Labor is... Recons- and I, by the way, I'm reading this to you rather than hunting down the audio because who wants to hear Peter Dutton's voice on I certainly anything? don't. Um, I understand Labor is reconsidering its position now and that they would be open to suggestions about how that bill could be repealed or at the very least wound back. Now, that makes little to no sense to people who know what the bill says. It probably makes sense and um, works well for people in the uh, LNP bullshit bar- where uh, refugees are diabolical uh, schemers who are plotting to invade Australia in some way and, and destroy our way of life. and uh, The LNP bullshit what? I, I apologise that you're hearing lots of beeps in this podcast. <laughs> anyway, Keneally's come back and said, no, well, if you want to, if you want to change it, you've got to, you better show us how. And obviously the Libs didn't have a meaningful proposal um, when it was being put up. They didn't. They, they've never actually addressed the substance of the bill. They've just no. claimed that any kind of change, anything that could even be remotely compassionate to refugees, even in this extremely limited way, is therefore opening the door and having people drowning at sea. And again, exactly the same point to Labor. That's the point. You can't win by ceding the ground on any of these arguments to the Libs because they can always be slightly more evil than you on them. Yeah, and they always will be slightly more evil. And, and- then if you're slightly less evil than them on something then they will cry out that you're going to tax their family home, you're going to uh, flood you, the country with refugees. You know, you sent They're me just liars. You sent me um, some political cartoons this week, and one of them was about the American election, and it had a whole bunch of people sitting in a room, and it's like, okay, well, we can't talk about this. We can't talk about reproductive rights or women's rights because that might piss people off. We can't talk about this because the undecided voter. And as, as we oh, can't the Democrats. Talk, we can't yeah. talk about the environment. We can't talk about climate change. And you just see the people all sitting there getting out. And at the end, there's one person left in the room. And they're like, well, I'm an undecided voter and I'm sold. Yeah, and everybody else is left. And everyone else is gone. The actual base of the people who had voted for them were all gone. And you can tell this because uh, if the Labour Party looks at the LNP, who are actually in government... Do the LNP adopt Labour policies? No, they do not. Mm. They double down. They're, they're, they are constantly pandering to their base mm. of racist xenophobic idiots and you know, selfish assholes who don't want to pay tax. So 
the other part that was quite galling over the election campaign was, of course, as we mentioned, the death tax nonsense. And what we learned this week is that, in fact, uh, the Libs and the ALP were before the election talking about chasing people's deceased estates for yep. the um, HEX help uh, uni student quote. I'm putting massive quotes around this debts. And the coverage this week, you had this infuriating quote from the Grattan Institute, who are usually reasonably progressive. Uh, We think help debt should be treated just like any other debt you owe the government. Part of the reason it's controversial is that people think of this policy as being a version of inheritance tax. And inheritance tax is such a visceral topic for a lot of people. What we're saying, though, is it's not an inheritance tax. This is just a debt, and people repay their debt. Okay, A... It shouldn't be a debt. It should be immediately forgiven. We should get rid of HEX yes. and help, and it should be yes, immediately... Like, university should be an entitlement that every Australian has. Um, post-secondary education. Don't just say university, yeah, post-secondary okay. education, because there's a lot of TAFE and other, quote, courses that get you into debt, HEX and help debt the same way. And keep in mind that all of these schemes have a discount if you've got the money up front to pay it. So rich rich kids don't have these debts because their parents pay it up front. Yeah, and sometimes if you are taking a TAFE course later on in life and still getting the help debt to pay for it, if you're able to pay it up, up front, you also get a discount on your taxes because then you've paid something that's related to work and... Yeah, so the richer you are, the cheaper you get it, which is not equitable and not a thing that should be happening in relation to government. And the other one, keep in mind that even right now, and if you have a HEX debt or help debt uh, and you are on a comparatively low income, uh, because keep in mind that the median income, the median full-time wage in Australia is 65,000. Yeah. So as of... paying it back. Well, as of July, so it was 50, you had to start paying it back if your income was 51,957. In fact, in 2017 it was 55,814. And they've just they dropped it that, and lowered it. They dropped that to 51,957. So they dropped it. And now it's it's from July it will drop to $45,881. That's nothing. So if you have like $20,000 a year less than the median wage, yeah. you will be paying back a hex debt on top of your So basically this is a tax increase effectively. Yeah, and that is for absolutely low-paid workers. $45,000 a year is nothing. If you think of living in say you're living in Melbourne and you're living in a share house, you're paying minimum $1,000 a month in rent. So there's Whoa, that would be amazing. Right? Two fifty. That's two fifty yeah, anyway. a week. Say so just, just, just like okay, and that's at a you know a crappy share house with multiple people. That's twelve thousand dollars a year right there in in your rent, and never mind the taxes that come off. Like never mind everything else. Like you don't have money to be putting that, paying off your hex at that point, and you shouldn't no, be. You're already struggling to survive. The other thing that really pisses me off about this is that. This is being legislated on by people who went to university for free, by people who actually had their post-secondary education paid for by the state. Yeah, and then pulled up the the bridge after them. It's it's obscene. Oh, I mean, they they could they drive us down the U.S. path of people having such obscene private student debts. At least at least these debts are fixed by the government and indexed. And they did, but they did try to start adding interest to them. Like the Libs have talked about adding interest to. And I mean, I don't know why Labor can't run a scare campaign about that. You've got a hex debt. The Libs are actually going to increase it, not just mm. index it with inflation. They're going to actually they were going to add to it, which is outrageous. You sign up to a debt supposedly. Um, at a certain under a certain understanding, and then they change the terms of it halfway through. Yep, get stuffed. But um, so no, I mean fundamentally, the idea of these these aren't debt. These I don't I don't accept that these are debts. I, I consider that 
um, the, the government trying to extort this out of uh, poor students and to stop people from you know daring to fight their way out of out of poverty. Yeah, uh, just obscene. It's it's a thing that the government should be funding. Um, Absolutely, one hundred percent should be funding. And the way that they've reduced the payment threshold is basically a regressive tax on the on the on poorer workers, which is obscene. It is. But more than that, I also I object to the idea that the Grattan Institute has that an inheritance tax is, is something that's bad. I, I object to the idea that the the libs, the rich basically, has somehow managed to convince us as a country, as a as a, and I think we got rid of them in what nineteen seventy nine or something. We got rid of inheritance taxes. How exactly is it that an inheritance? So you go to work, you do labour, a thing that adds to the economy, adds to the country. You get taxed. You pay income tax on your labour. You own stuff and it gets worth, it increases in value and you sell that and you get a capital gain on it and you pay tax on that. For some reason, you pay less tax on that than you would for actual work, which is again obscene, but anyway. But for some reason, you have an elderly relative die and leave you um, a huge mm. amount of money. And by the way, we weren't, despite the lying thing that was going on on Facebook claiming that we we're talking about a 40% tax on, a, on small estates, which is obscene. The only person, the only party yeah. proposing inheritance tax. Um, I think the Greens were talking about one on, on estates of more than $10 million. But can you, anybody explain to me why, of all of the types of income, and it is income for the person who's receiving yes, it. Yes, it is. They haven't worked for it. It doesn't really matter that, that the people who built up that wealth in the first place worked for it. Sure, they, they worked for it. They, they presumably paid some tax on it. Uh, although, again, not the way Australia works, which people don't pay that much tax. But anyway, say they did pay tax on it. Good on They got to enjoy it and they had that. But the transfer to the person who's receiving the inheritance... That person hasn't worked for it. No. That person's receiving an income. Yep. A vast income. I mean, it's down to this stupid fallacy that once money's ever been taxed, it can't ever be taxed again, which is absurd. Because like when you get a salary, that That's money taxed. was taxed before by yeah. when it was received by the people paying you, it was taxed. Like money is taxed as it moves. Why exactly should somebody receiving an inheritance windfall not pay tax on it? It makes no sense. It do- it really doesn't. And Especially when they're talking, when you when you're looking at some of the large amounts they're talking of putting these inheritance taxes on, as you say, I don't think any of us are ever going to see that amount of money coming into our lives randomly. But even, but even if, if you get an inheritance of, you know, if, if fifty thousand came in and I had to pay some tax on it, then you have to pay tax on it. You're still better off than if you didn't receive it. Exactly. It's not, it's not, isn't the argument against taxing income that you're disincentivizing that? Economic, well, in, in fact, the argument is taxing any economic activity is that you're disincentivizing that economic activity. If you have a capital gains tax, the argument is, oh, well, you're disincentivizing people buying and selling things. If you have an, an income tax, you're disincentivizing people working harder. Now, that's all bullshit argument anyway, but... People are going to keep doing these things. People are going to work hard. People are going to buy and sell things. Well, and, the, and the taxes are never so high that there's not a massive reward for doing those things anyway. Yes. But um, inheritance... What are you going to disincentivize? The person receiving the money? Oh, well, I guess I won't take that cash and I have yeah. to pay tax on it. Yeah, no, of course they're going to. Like, it's free cash to them. Of course they're going to receive. Like, there's no, there isn't actually a downside. Yes, um, rich people who want to pass on their wealth will try and, and hide it. But that's not an argument not to tax it. It's an argument to find those loopholes and close them down. For example, family trusts, um, the way they've been, they've been distorted into the thing they are today. But yeah, I don't quite the the idea that the rich have managed to sell that a an inheritance tax is poison electorally when mm. it would benefit most people is in like that money would fund maybe dental care uh, on being on Medicare that that would fund like they anyway so yeah both parts of that story infuriate me the idea the, and the idea that the Grattan Institute has it asked backwards they're like yeah you know uh, the university education that's a debt that those people really should pay back but mm. free money that's not a thing that they should have to pay tax on. That's completely ass backwards. It is. The last thing I wanted to leave you with is that the uh, 
media raids thing is obviously still an ongoing story. Yes. Um, the AFP raiding uh, people to try and basically silence whistleblowers. And, of course, nobody from either of the big parties is proposing actual whistleblower protections because, no. of course, the big parties don't want whistleblowers and they're quite happy with the idea that this will chill whistleblowers it's, and stop them. Interestingly, it is one of the few times I've seen News Corp be up in arms against anything the Liberal government, coalition government has done. And, look, it's ironic. Okay, so... They've twisted this around so that it's about press freedom yes. um, rather than – so it, it, the issue really is the public's right to know that's correct, but it's about whistleblowers being able to get information out without being tracked down through the journalists and stopped, like the, that there is an important safety valve that we need. And that's what the real issue is here. But through the, through the transitive properties of uh, – what do you call it? You call it telephone, yes, mm. as opposed to the Australian name for it. Yes, um, yes, yes. In North America, now, <clears throat> that, that game is called telephone. Yes. So you take the concern about whistleblowers not being able to release information, you call it press freedom, and then you jump it across to being the other, to being the freedom of the press to do whatever it likes. Mm. Therefore, it's similar to when Andrew Bolt is pro- prosecuted for publishing racist crap, or when uh, when there's a complaint about Bill Leak. See, they're the same issue, Denise. Yeah. And uh, let, let, let me play you a, a little help. You know, that, that there, is a, there is a podcast run by Andrew Bolt's son and some other um, libertarian dickhead at the IBA called the uh, IPA, Young IPA Podcast. Uh, and this is, this is them. So I, would, I invite you to join me in a trip to a parallel universe in which the following makes sense. Uh. Some of the main stories that have uh, happened in yeah. the last week, Pete. Let's do it. And I think the big one in Australia uh, was the AFP raids on ABC yeah. and some, and a news corp journalist as well. I don't think we need to go over the details of the story because I think literally everyone knows it at this mm. point. The point is, everyone knows what's happened to the story. Everyone's got their own two cents on it, and I am finally, I'm glad we're finally as a country talking about the importance of press freedom. Well, it's been wonderful seeing a lot of lefties out there discover press freedom as an issue they suddenly care about years and years after, of course, there's been so many well-documented cases of press freedom breaches in this country. Yeah, so, like, you know, they're happy to go. Andrew Bolt should be going to court for those articles. Mm. Bill Leake should be handed through the Australian Human Rights Commission for that cartoon. Second, it's the ABC. We're now on board. Welcome. Welcome to the community of people that care about press freedom. But you have to acknowledge that you were missing on some pretty big ones. That's right. When Wiley Dart Lee is writing think pieces about how important press freedom is, you know that things have changed. Welcome to the community of people that care about press freedom. Yep. But don't for a second think that we forgot where you were on some other big ones. That's right. Tim Andrews of the Australian Taxpayers Alliance had a good post on Facebook, which I'll, which I'll read out. He says, what's this? Libertarians predicted something would happen, warn the media, and the media refused to believe them. Yep. And are now shocked that the thing we warned you would come about in a f- did in fact come about. I'm shocked. This has never happened before. There's no precedence for this whatsoever. All right. So sarcasm is the lowest form of wit, but it's still wit. And where were you, Jeremy? Where were you? When this completely separate, unrelated issue that has nothing to do with getting information out. When Bill Leak ran that racist cartoon. Demonizing Aboriginal people. Where were you? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, they're right. I, I didn't see at the time the link between uh, Bill Leake's right to publish uh, cartoons demonising um, vulnerable and marginalised people uh, with the right, with protecting whistleblowers from releasing information that we need to hear. Like, Where I didn't were see a link. You, that, Jeremy? I didn't Where see a link. And, and I mean, even now, and this this is the most shameful thing. Even now. I still can't see a link because they're totally freaking different things. They are. Simply trying to put the word press freedom in between the two of them doesn't make these two things the same. 
Yeah, doing, mm. and it actually really upsets me that they're conflating these things, that they are putting these things together like they're the same. Because yeah. they're not. One is press freedom is good in the sense of being able to expose, like, hold the powerful to account yes. and expose wrong, you know, information that the powerful don't want us to hear. There are consequences. With press freedom is not propaganda outlets publishing yes. bullshit, demonizing vulnerable communities. Yes, exactly. Those are not. Those two things are not like each other. Yeah, and, except yeah. that big, except that News Corp likes both. Except uh, News Corp doesn't really like holding the powerful to account. It only likes to hold the powerful to account if, if Labor government is in power. Yes, and it, yeah, it's it's frustrating because you, as you say, you know that. It's, it's one thing, people demonizing the vulnerable, people being racist, people being outright horrible effects and hurtful people, hurtful to LGBTQIA people, like those, um, the cartoons he did about, uh, you know, trans people teaching and... and oh my God, like he's they're vicious. Just, they're, yeah. they're vicious and hurtful and harmful. And, well, spreading damaging stereotypes. And they're damaging. And that's so different than someone spreading uh, whistleblowing and getting information out there about the government doing something dodgy that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, one is journalism, the freedom of journalists to hold the powerful to account. And one is propaganda, the powerful of propagandists to spout whatever bullshit they like without consequences. Mm. And those are not equivalent of equivalent value or, in fact, the same thing. And I do think that part of the way that it's been covered is has led to that um, the ability of, of dickheads like the OPA to make to make that fudge, because they've talked about it being oh you know it's it's silencing the ABC and it's silencing uh, you know the, the the journalists at the Australian and so forth and making it about the journalists mm. um, that they're suddenly interested when it's about the journalists, which makes it sound like it's about the press, but it really isn't. What it's fundamentally about is protecting whistleblowers. That's what mm. needs to happen. I don't really. Once the whistleblowers are protected, these raids were 100% about finding out who the whistleblowers were so they can prosecute them. Like if the whistleblowers are, yep. have protections, then these things, this doesn't happen. Yep. No, you're absolutely, you're absolutely correct. And I love Andrew Bolt's son. Oh, God. Going over about you know, how, oh, that how this time Andrew Bolt. Yeah. was persecuted. You forgot to say, uh, James, the word dad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anyway. Daddy uh, dearest, actually. When, when, when poor old daddy dearest, and I'm completely objective about this. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I'm not usually objective about it. I've I've got uh, a bit of a a bit of antipathy towards uh, Mr. Bolton. His uh, unbelievable bullshit spreading. Mm. Um, actually, talking of, uh, shout out to listener of the show who has pointed us towards a new podcast that is out and about that we hadn't, uh, hadn't heard of before called Don't Tell the Pilot. In the most recent episode, uh, they're, they're uh, a big chunk of it. They're taking Bolt to task for what what is. Uh, in fact, this is a good example of that. Um, the way he uses, he relies on uh, nonsense stereotypes and uh, not directly claim the way the way that he demonises like the Sudanese community in Melbourne. He, he didn't claim anything that you can specifically fact check as being a mm. lie. He just fudges and puts two disturbing. Um, he, he basically is like, crime is up, and here are some Sudanese people who did a crime, and the fudge the connection is like suggesting that. Rather than the reality of it, you being like twenty five times more likely to be assaulted if there's a crime by somebody who's not from an African community, like yet, if a, he makes it sound like like he fudges those two things. Out. He's very good at that, but it's propaganda that relies on stereotypes. And yet, I remember being at a dinner with people that that we know where they were buying into that completely and and speaking to it and saying, "Oh no, there was a break in on our block, and it was totally Sudanese people." Yeah. Anyway, there is an enormous difference between propagandists and journalists, and one is one needs more protection and one needs less. Anyway, so I think we will leave it there. Uh, thank you, Denise, for coming back from wherever you were. You're welcome. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers. You are how the podcast keeps going. Thank you to our listeners for coming back 
in general. Thank you for engaging with us on the at Well May We Say Twitter. Uh, if you would like to discuss any of the matters discussed in tonight's show, that's a good place to do it. Absolutely. Uh, if you would like to leave us a positive review on iTunes, you have a limited time apparently in which to do that before iTunes like explodes or whatever is going to happen to it. Implodes. I think it's actually going to implode and take part of the universe with it. That would actually be quite terrifying because um, every iTunes install already has enormous mass. Like it's already like a collapsed star <laughs> like on your computer oh operate, consuming all of its resources. Small, in, small independent black holes all over the earth. Terrifying. So if you could leave us a positive review on iTunes, that would be very much appreciated. Otherwise, uh, thank you, Robin Gray, for the music. Thank you, Alex Lund, for the artwork. And we will look forward to seeing you all next week. See you then. It's a touch dishonest, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) 